Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. Hey there, hello there, this is uh, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) And I am Kelsey. And welcome back to another exhilarating episode of Deep Nerder. Where we tell you about shit that you want to hear about. It's true. It's pretty much 100% of the content we produce. We're basically experts, I mean, come on. We all grew up with Tamagotchis. I've taken hairstylist off my resume, and it just says podcaster January 2021 to current. And that's all it says. Scientist and forensic. Forensic (laughs) investigator. No, forensic. I'm a forensic Scientologist. (laughs) I collect rocks. Only in my fucking head. Yeah. Can you hear? I did the same thing. (laughs) We're both shaking our heads. (laughs) We're shaking our heads here in those rocks. You know what sucks? So, uh, when you're driving and a rock hits your windshield, which is even worse if it's via a bus windshield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm sucks. segueing. I'm segueing. Oh, oh, oh! So that didn't happen to you? Okay, okay. So see, I no. took that. I took that personally because Jordan had a vehicle with like a heated windshield that got cracked, and it was a real big thing. So I'm like PTSD. It's it's too soon. Too soon. No, I was segueing into our topic for today. I'm gonna try and segue everything into our topic. Okay. Every week. Be... Okay. <laughs> So what's the topic today then, Jill? Beep beep. Hey kids, jump on the magic school bus. The most probably educational cartoon that I was ever tricked into watching. <laughs> I learned so much shit from the magic school bus that I still think about to this day. I I got to say, so like when I was doing my background on it, uh yesterday (laughs) Um, welcome to how i prepare to don't worry (laughs) yeah not today not like moments before i was on it but i watched uh one episode of it just to like refresh myself on the characters and everything and it was the one about the chicken eggs yeah and being a female identifying sexed woman as like a female whatever i was like, huh, how come I didn't know this about my own body? <laughs> There's so many things I don't know about my own body that I'm like, what? Why didn't I learn that? It's like, I was like, oh, that's how you fertilize an egg. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> it just, I just never really thought about it. I mean, I know, you know? No, I get that. It's like yeah. the only time I ever think about reproduction via eggs is the episode with salmon when they all like plop down in the salmon eggs yeah. and then they all just get like what bukkakeed. They get salmon bukkakeed. It's fine. It's fish. Whatever. <clears throat> um, but hey, here's something you may not have known. Do you know that the Magic School Bus was originally a book series? I didn't. 
That's pretty cool. That. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so the magic book, the magic, <laughs> the magic school book. <laughs> yeah, that's good to say. The magic school bus is a series of children's books about science, written by Joanna Cole and illustrated by Bruce Degen. They feature the antics of Miss Frizzle and her class, who board a sentient anthropomorphic type A school bus, which takes them on field trips to impossible locations, including the solar system, clouds, the past, and the human body. The books are written in first person from a point of view of an unnamed student in the Frizz's class. So that's like, obviously. That's kind of cool. Yeah. The class has a pet lizard named Liz who accompanies them on class field trips, which is, you know, in relation to what we're used to seeing the TV show. And yeah, so that's kind of your little there. So am I going to go into that part? Yes, I am. Okay. Since the Magic School Bus presents scientific facts in the form of stories in which fantastic things happen, for example, the bus turns into a spaceship or children shrink to the size of blood cells, each book has a page at the end detailing in a humorous manner which parts of the book are represented, sorry, which part of the book represented scientific fact and which were fanciful storytelling. Similar to uh, at the end of the Magic School Bus television show where they have the producer segment where he's like, they have... That the phone rings and the guy answers it and he's like, like, hey, like this isn't really possible. Like the kids couldn't have done that. And he's like, oh yeah, well, you know, we know we just kind of jazzed it up for television. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where everybody calls in and they all speak different languages from all over the world and they call the phone. Yes, love it. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool that that was a crossover from the book, and I also really enjoy how the creators of this book series were so invested in educating our young minds and like not only educating us but like making sure we all had like a real open-minded television show like their or sorry book I that wasn't a television show open-minded like book series because it was like very diverse I mean other than having a white teacher but you know baby steps and but like for back in the day that's a pretty big deal she was a ginger too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> that doesn't make her like that doesn't If make we her learned sense. anything from Harry Potter, <laughs> it's that we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. Yeah. <clears throat> so Craig Walker, the vice president and senior editorial director at Scholastic and Co. So like Scholastic Book Fair. Hmm? Yo. Yeah. Give me $20 and I'm buying all the stupid animal-shaped erasers that I'm never going to use because why would I want to ruin them? Weird, glow-in-the-dark 3D posters. like Any book that came with a free thing. Yeah! Yeah, just the weirdest. Oh, I love Scholastic Book Fair. So good. I'm sure I got a couple real treats in there other than trash but you know it was good i still have a book i you know what it's right beside me i still have a book that i got at the scholastics book fair and it's delari's book of greek myths and i have had this book since elementary school and i still read it i love that and i like how the pages are all like super loved like they're all kind of like wavy because you can tell your heart because i've been reading it yeah (laughs) Oh, it's literally, I just took it off my nightstand. It's next to my Dungeons and Dragons manual. No shame. And my, di- and my, my Disney erotica. <laughs> oh my God. How's that going? 
it's rough. I had to take a break because I'm really not into this Ursula mix. Like, that's how I'm really not into this one. I'm not into any of them, but this one especially, I'm like, this one's hard to read, but we'll see what happens because next is Maleficent. So we'll, we'll see if I make it. I really I'll appreciate keep, your commitment. I'll keep everybody updated. Um, okay. So Craig Walker, vice president, senior editor, director at Scholastic, stated that the concept began with the idea of combining science with fictional stories. And Joanna Cole, who had written both science and humor before, and Bruce Dagan were then approached with creating such a series. Walker also states that in his own memories of school field trips and of a teacher he once had that served as a further inspiration. So I think it was kind of cool because Miss Frizzle was like, she had roots of a real person in some way. I like that. Yes. So the first book, At the Waterworks, was written in 1985 and then published the following year. So... You, like you I didn't even know it's been around that long. Yeah, but isn't that pretty? Like that's like, I'm so impressed. I'm like that. That was really designed to educate children. Like it wasn't like they weren't trying to. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, profit is you know money is key. But like they made that with the intention of educating children. I like that. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't like ooh, we want to sell a toy, so let's make a series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which no, I appreciate so that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Cole and Dagan started a new series after called Miss Frizzle's Adventures, and this was in 2001, which teach, which teach, what's wrong with me? I'm having a stroke. Got this. <laughs> which teaches social studies. <laughs> Why was that hard? <laughs> I'm um, glad that's what tripped you up. I don't, I don't, it must be like some old code. Maybe you had a bad time in social studies class. <clears throat> Uh, there are now three books in that series. Uh, and also, fun fact, Microsoft Home started publishing Magic School Bus software in 1994. So, I don't think I ever played any of that, which kind of makes me sad. Oh, I might have. I don't want to say I did, and I don't want to say I didn't. We, I mainly played, like, because, like, 1994, so I would have been, like, maybe nine. And, like, I think that would have been, like, when we had maybe just got a computer I 1994 haven't. i was five i don't think the internet was fully popping yet so it must have been on like a disk drive all right quick interruption i don't math apparently and in 1994 i think i would have been like seven not nine so good job me high fives yeah oh, it was on a floppy disk yeah that's what i mean so like you were this is like the day of the computer lab at school where you'd go into the computer lab and there was a big square black and white max that only had black and white and like you could just fucking type remember like i remember oh, the yeah. first time i had to type something on there and cursive was such a big deal and my teachers were like no one use this it's Ill it's um, it's illegible you cannot we can't read this and i just remember my teachers going through all of us and being like times new roman or avenir and, and I was my, like, move, I'm using Comic Sans MS, get out yeah, of my way. No, I was like, give me that cursive. I don't even, it was like some like really slanted, scribbly shit. And I like you turned your italics on. I don't, it, it just, it only came in italic. Just wingdings. <laughs> oh my God. I definitely used a lot of wingdings. Ugh, the, the days, those were the days. Um, yeah. 
So the TV adaptation. Here's here's what you and I know. Uh, I had so much fun learning about this. Okay. Oh, so, insert the beep beep. Hey yeah. kids, whatever. Hop on the magic scoobus. Arnold, cutting out singing or just keep it in. Whatever. <laughs> Arnold, <laughs> I hope I hope this is gonna be a normal uh, field trip. And they're like, with the frizz? No way! Oh man! <laughs> <Do, do, do. laughs> okay, all right. So it's also owned by Scholastic Entertainment, obviously. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously because Slinky is now owned by Poof, so you never know. Uh, <laughs> fucking Poof Slinky. Poof Slinky. The Magic School Bus is an American-Canadian animated children's television series based on the book series by the same name, (laughs) running originally from 1994 to 1997. The series received critical acclaim for its use of celebrity voice talents such as Malcolm Jamal Warner and combining entertainment with an educational series. Broadcasting and cable writer explained that the show was among the highest-rated PBS shows for school-aged children in 1997. Uh, and it was also the first full-length animated show that PBS aired. So thought that was pretty cool. PBS had some good shit. I Arthur. Okay, yeah, yeah. There we go. I was like grasping in my brain on because like you don't pay attention to TV networks when you're little. You just remember what it was like. PBS at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And how it? Yeah, I don't know why I remember weird shit like that. Obviously, marketing works. It works. <laughs> works. Okay. Uh, it was the first Nelvana-produced series to air on PBS before the Bookworm Brunch and Cyber Chase. In 2017, on the 20th anniversary of the series' cancellation, a sequel series titled The Magic School Bus Rides Again premiered on Netflix. The show is still apparently available on Netflix I didn't go double check that. <laughs> I haven't checked it. I thought about watching it and then I never did. Cause I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to like taint the memories I have with a reboot that could or could not be good. You know, I actually am going to talk about that one a little bit more yes. later on. I'm okay. Fun fact about me. I'm relatively liberal with reboots only because I truly understand you're no, it's never going to be as good as the original. So my stance usually ends up being, Hey, I'm happy. They made it. I'm always happy unless it's shit. Well, yeah. Okay. So unless it's like, (laughs) remember, remember when they, um, re, uh, redid gem of the holograms and they made it a feature length live action film. Right. Oh, it was, that movie was not my favorite. So I didn't even go, I was, I know we're falling off topic right now, but I was like so excited to see that. Like you, you truly, maybe you do. I don't know. Like Jem, my dog's name is Jem. Like, come on. So as I sit here with pink hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like over the moon. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, this is gonna be amazing. Like, who are they going to cast? What's like, what's it going to be like? How are they going to do synergy? Like, oh my God. And then I saw the trailer and I read a whole bunch of stuff and I was like, what the actual fuck? is this file is like what is this and oh it was no no bueno so that movie bombed so hard that i think in the it was i can't remember the the statistic i think it was like in the first two weeks of its premiering it only made like five hundred dollars per theater and they pulled it 
Yeah, I believe it. It was, it was really... I was really sad when I saw it. Like, Gem and the Holograms was never a huge thing for me when I was a kid. Like, I think I just missed that boat by, like... You know, I was looking at the souvenir stand and the boat left, and I was like, shit, I missed the boat. But I was, like, super excited because I feel like I like their costuming and I like their outfits. Like, I'd wear that outfit on a daily basis. And then I watched it, and I was like, this is just a sad kid looking for her, like, fucking robot. Yeah, it was dumb. I I mean, (laughs) I didn't watch it, but I knew it was going to be dumb. Anyways, so, like, I... And then I saw a tweet from the director. Because, like, I have time on my hands, apparently, to do that. So I saw this tweet where he was like, I'm not going to apologize for making this film. I made this film for a new generation to inspire a new, like, a new story to a new generation of children. Like, da-da-da-da. And anyways, I was like, dude, you're stupid because there isn't a new generation for this. No one knows who she is. This is for, like, I hate to be the grumpy millennial that's like, give me my cartoon the way it was. But it's like, that was, that specific cartoon didn't transcend generations. It stayed where it it ended and it stayed there. And like, you can't, it's not, it wasn't a big enough movie. It wasn't a, it's not a big enough thing. Like you were, you were really relying on your audience of us to go buy that shit and make you money and then you just fucked us <laughs> yeah i would have like if it was all like actual like kind of like 80s like rock and roll shit like i would have been there oh dude like yeah anyways there you go that's my thing so back on topic <laughs> where did i leave okay right there all right so the plot what's going on what's going on in this crazy show that we're not mad at <laughs> Miss <laughs> Frizzle embarks. <laughs> Never. Miss Frizzle embarks on adventures with her class on the eponymous school bus. So basically, the school bus that transforms into anything that's relating to the trip they're about to take. So the magic school bus will shrink into like, or turn into a fish, turn into a rocket, turn into a tiny microscopic cell. It's it's truly a marvel of technology. Uh, as they journey on their exciting field trips, they discover new locations, creatures, time periods, and learn about the wonders of science along the way. Like I said today, I just realized how stupid I am and I didn't fully grasp the concept of fertilizing an egg. Like, I mean, I did, but it's just another thing to see it. Like, I didn't realize the yolk that we eat is actually up in that chicken's ovary. Yeah. Right? And then then the... (laughs) The the viscous white fluid that turns or clear fluid that turns white when you cook it comes in after when the egg is like brought down to be fertilized before the chicken like pushes it out its butt. Yeah, eggs are low key gross but high key delicious. So delicious but so gross. Like I can't think about not that now. Like what? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, Arnold got stuck in the egg. Yes. <laughs> he, he was- he, he was like helping the egg as it was like growing into a chick at hyperspeed. Never... Everything bad happened to him. I know, but he liked it. Uh, I know, like, he would have dropped out if he didn't. That's true. He, uh, he, when he's like looking after the egg, he's like, I've never babysitted for anybody that got bigger than me before. <laughs> Adorable. I had fun yesterday watching this. Okay. I believe it. <laughs> so. In early 1994, so now I'm talking about, like, so that was the quickly, quickly, I went over the plot there, and then I wrote the why. 
So in early 1994, the Magic School Bus concept was made into an animated series of the same name by the Scholastic Entertainment book series, as we know, and it premiered on September 10th, 1994. The idea for the series was developed by the former Scholastic Entertainment Vice President and Senior Editorial Director Craig Walker, Scholastic Entertainment President Deborah Forte, which I, in my brain, I pretend she's Will Forte's wife. Explain Checked that. out. Yeah, right? I think so. I don't think the timeline matches, but maybe. Whatever. Maybe time... I'm sure he... If it's anyone time-traveling, it's him. All right. Explain that adapting the books into an animated series was an opportunity to help kids learn about science in a fun way. During this time, Forte had been hearing concerns from parents and teachers about how to improve science education for kids and minorities across the globe. All right. One thing about that, like, I really like how it was kids and minorities like how it's mentioned but like isn't kids a blanketed term for like minority children like why are they being singled out there kids are just kids yeah i didn't Anybody under the age of like 12 is a kid i feel 13 yeah. i guess because then you're a teen like I, anybody like, i didn't like how they i'm like good for you but i want i left that in on purpose because i wanted to criticize it okay the show ran for four seasons, 13 episodes in a season. So the first episode date, like I said, September 10th, 1994. And then the final was December 6th, 1997. All right. Uh, and then I, my little excerpt here is, do you remember the producer says segment? Because I talked about that earlier and I really, really like it. Mm-hmm. So when the Magic School Bus was syndicated on commercial networks, the producer says segment at the end of each episode was cut out to make space for commercials. So that like really kind of bummed me out because that was the segment where they explain like, hey, this is fiction and this is fact. And we did that because we were trying to explain it in a fun way for you so you would have a good time watching this cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it really kind of peeved me that they cut it for commercial ad space. I'm, Yeah. Money ruins everything. It does. Uh, Fun thing, though, on the VHSs and DVD releases, it is still in there. So that's cool. Yeah, I have a lot on the VHS. You actually have these on VHS? Yeah, I had, uh, for sure, I had the one where the Frizz is, they think she's a vampire at the parent-teacher interviews. I have that one, and I have Inside Ralphie, I'm pretty sure. Are you sure that's not Goosebumps? No, they, okay, so Miss Frizzle's, like, doing something weird and wants to meet the parents at, like, a castle to show them bats. And so all the kids oh are God. like, oh, maybe Miss Frizzle's a vampire. And they, like, hijack the magic school bus and they all turn into bats and they learn about, like, echolocation and guana and, like, guano and everything. And they, like, think Frizz is a vampire because she's giving their parents, like, an interactive experience on what her kids learn at school, but she's not using magic. She's, like, making them dress up like bats and hang upside down and, like, try and walk in the dark. But the kids are like, nope, she's a vampire. Okay. I totally remember that now. (laughs) Yeah! I have it on VHS. And I think I have Inside Ralphie, which is, like, a classic digestive system classic. When he's, like, all sick and gross. Yeah, so they use him as the field trip. Like, number one, invasion of privacy, my dudes. But number two, like, that would be legit. <laughs> that Get a first-hand meet and greet with the coronavirus? Oh, my God. Yes. Dude, uh... Send me in in a school bus. I got this. 
Ant-Man me into your blood system. I got this. Okay. Do you know who plays Miss Frizzle? No, but I do know who plays new Miss Frizzle. So I'm yeah, very excited. I knew Miss Frizzle was a good cast too, but uh, okay. When I read this, I was like, holy shit, why didn't I know that? And it made me really happy. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Lily Tomlin. What? Yeah. No way. Grace and Frankie and um, everything else. She totally looks like Miss Frizzle too. Yeah. Like, same hair. I love this. Yeah. No, I love it. That's it great. So good. I was like, that's perfect. It's not like, you know, you're like, oh no, who who voiced my the most like endearing motherly childhood character? It's like, oh shit, it's Lily Tomlin. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Five stars. Miss Frizzle would grow up to like create a geriatric geriatric vibrator, I think. So that checks oh, out. Oh hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Good for her. What a pioneer. This is great. Okay, so Miss Valerie Frizzle. I'm going to go into like a little bit of the character backgrounds because that's fine. Yeah. So Valerie is her first name. While she is eccentric and a bit mysterious, Miss Frizzle is beautiful, intelligent, optimistic, kind-hearted, caring, resourceful, happy-go-lucky, passionate, sweet, friendly, funny, supportive, selfless, cheerful, loving, and motherly. She loves to tell jokes that are related to the lesson that she teaches her kids even if she even if she is the only one laughing, which is true, she normally is because they're kind yeah. of afraid. they're afraid a lot of the time. <laughs> um, she has given up the life of, as a rising star musician so she could be a teacher. She seems to put her students, her pet lizard Liz, and the bus before anything else. Even though her students can tell their teacher is a bit odd, they still love her and respect her. Miss Frizzle is a productive is Miss Frizzle is productive. What the fuck? Miss Frizzle is very protective of her students. You're having a rough, rough day today. Two times, man. I'll drink. Despite bringing, bringing them on several dangerous field trips, she never once lets harm come to any one of them and always plans to protect them from whatever might be dangerous. She seems to know a lot about the subject well enough to know that she can get her students out of the situation. Like all good teachers, she is incredibly knowledgeable in many academic fields and almost never needs help to gain information. I'm not shitting on teachers here, but I remember having a social studies teacher, nope, geography teacher as a math teacher, and that man knew fuck all about math. So, Miss Russell, good on you. You should, you're knowing all the things. The only time she does not answer questions is when she wants her students to figure it out independently. Nothing related to knowledge seems to surprise her. In fact, she see, in fact, it seems that at the start of each episode, she already knew, knows everything the students were going to learn in the end. Phoebe Therese is a former Canadian American student in Miss Frizzle's class. Remember, she's like, isn't that? She's like, at my old school, we were never at my to- old school. So I do that at my new salon all, all the time. I'll be like, at my old salon, and I don't know if anybody gets like that. I'm Phoebeing. Oh dear. I just I just think they're like, why did you do things so fucked up at your old salon? And I'm like, oh motherfuckers. Oh <laughs> also, yeah, your old salon. So mm-hmm. you know what? There's only bigger and better things. Five stars to my new salon. Five out of five. Would five work there five. again. I love your new salon. Okay. 
So also I'm going to add that like, I think they did a pretty reasonable job at making this class diverse, especially for like 1994. <laughs> I thought they did a really good job. But I also think it's funny that their diversity includes a Canadian-American student. You know what? Canadians are breeds. All, we're our breed all of our own, okay? okay? I my Whenever I go hang out with, like, my American friends from, like, my other job, we I'll bring, like, Canadian money. I think at Christmas I mailed everybody a loony, and I said, for some Canadian luck. And some people were like, what is this worth a cent? Like, I don't understand what this coin is. And I'm like, it's oh, a fucking no. dollar, so it's worth, like, 74 cents your money. But it's a dollar. It's also pretty bad, like, just the education system over there where they're like they don't teach you about canada but we have to learn about the united states and we have to accept their money when they come shopping we take yeah. their money but if you bring like a canadian quarter they're like we can't take this and i'm like seriously you can't take what it's a quarter yeah well i also remember like when our dollar was actually stronger than theirs um in 1901 yeah christ <laughs> Uh, I, I remember going across the border and th they wouldn't acknowledge it. They would still give me like less change as if theirs was higher. And I was like, yo. I like when I worked at a bar, I used to do it on par, but it was also a bar. So if you wanted to pay me to get into a bar with a $20 American bill, I'm oh, going to give different. you $12 Canadian back. And then I would swap my tips out at the end of the night for the American money. So I wouldn't have to pay the exchange rate. What up? Genius. Yep, no, checks out. Um, Carlos Ramon. Yeah. I'm Troublemaker. Yeah. It's a Latin he American 12-year-old. He does. He's a Latin American 12-year-old student in Miss Frizzle's class at Walkerville Elementary. Oh, I didn't mention that. The school is called Walkerville. I meant to say that. Uh, Dorothy Ann. She is a yeah, very... DA. DA. She is a bookworm. She's really smart. She's one of the female protagonists in the Magic School Bus. And yeah, she's... On top of her class. Yeah. So, like, uh, DA note, I'm really stoked that they made this girl blonde. Like, truly. I know it sucks that she's blonde and white, but I'm happy that they didn't put the blonde in, like, the ditzy yeah. character, you know? Like, I appreciated that. You were trying. Okay. This character, I've... I didn't remember this part about this character and now i feel bad but i this truly blew my mind i was like oh shit i gotta um go back and like rewatch this shit so keisha franklin yeah keisha has two moms what yeah i didn't know that that's fucking awesome keisha is the only daughter to two moms she's level-headed and realistic she's often the most sarcastic <laughs> Due to her, she is pretty sarcastic due to her skepticism she usually agrees with ralphie and ralph you know ralphie ralphie <laughs> what's up ralphie inside um, ralphie keisha two moms that's, that's awesome yeah i like that uh wanda lee yeah wanda is a chinese american tomboy and the most adventurous member in the class always willing to jump into adventure and going where no kid has gone before. She serves to <laughs> she serves as a foil to Arnold. <laughs> she wants to solve all problems that face her, even if even an animal in need of rescue. She is a little rock star, that one. Oh, well, they all are, but yeah. 
she throws off Spinelli vibes. She does, actually, yeah. Like, she's kind of, if she, when she gets, like, to whatever grade recess is in, like, I'm assuming these kids, let's just pretend they're grade five, like, when she gets to grade seven, like, she's fully developed into Spinelli. I think so, yeah. And Ralphie's TJ. Whoa. Ralphie's such a shit. <laughs> He's TJ Detweiler. I think you're right. Um, Arnold Perlstein. Okay. Oh <laughs> Fucking Arnold. Yeah. Arnold generally dislikes field trips. Most of, most of the time, he is usually an unwilling participant. Despite his usually timid moments and some nervous breakdowns, he has shown to be brave when he's needed to be. He's also very loyal when it comes to his classmates, <laughs> even taking on a leadership role a couple of times. He has a huge interest... This is so cute. He has a huge interest in rocks and minerals and is the youngest member of Granite, the Great Rock Admirers National Institute of Tectonics Experts. Oh my god! An organization for amateur geologists. He also has a keen interest in colors. You know he plays D&D and you know he's a druid. He's good at it. Uh, Tim Wright. Tim is the quiet, imaginative, laid-back, and artistic student in the class. He can usually be seen drawing something, which is true. I forgot about that. Remember, Tim would draw everything. Tim drew everything. Ralphie Tonelli. Ralphie (laughs) loves sports, daydreaming, and snoring the loudest in his sleep. He's outgoing, kind, imaginative, and fun-loving. On rare occasions, he can be cowardly. He enjoys a day off from school, but he does respect his teacher and enjoys being in her class. Ralphie's pretty good. Hmm? Ralphie's pretty good. Pretty good. And then we have Liz. Liz is an anthropomorphic Jackson's chameleon with blue eyes and striped horns. She is mostly light green with a dark green belly. Her back and tail are lined with spikes. Liz. Liz is so cute. Remember the episode where like Liz was in charge of the class? Like Miss Frizzle's like, well, I'm just yeah. stepping out. And then Liz like ran class. And I'm like, you left a lizard in charge of your class. Lizards, lizards are dinosaurs. They've been around for years. Technically, who like who else? Like that. that, that <laughs> She's out. got seniority. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. I guess don't let me teach your class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave my lizard in charge. I'll be right back. Okay, so well, I just quickly want to pay, I should have added this in earlier, but I want to pay some homage to these uh, voice actors. So Phoebe is Maya Filler, Carlos is Daniel DeSanto, Dorothea Ann is Tara Meyer, Keisha Franklin is Erica Luttrell, Wanda Lee is Lisa Yamanaka, Arnold Perlstein uh, for season one was Amos Crawley and for season two is Danny Tamborelli. Uh, and he stayed on till the fourth season. Tim Wright is also two people. For season one, he was Max Beckford. And from two to four, he's Andre Otley Laurent, Ralphie Tonelli, Stuart Stone. And Liz has no one. <laughs> <laughs> Liz was an actual lizard. Nobody liked Liz. I just think they just mic'd up a lizard. They're like, this and then there was what was Arnold's cousin's name? Janet. Yeah, Janet. 
and she would like randomly kind of just come to school with him and be a bitch true she was a bully right you can't just send your cousin to school like oh i had to bring my cousin and she's like i don't even want to be here and you're like why are you not at your own why are you not at your own school my dude yeah da did not like janet no no um so the show over the years it was running actually won a bunch of awards which is pretty damn cool or sorry yeah nominated so 1995 it was nominated for a daytime emmy award for outstanding graphics and title design and the usa environmental media award for a children's animated program fuck yeah but they won the daytime emmy award for outstanding performer in an animated program uh specifically lily tomlin as miss frizzle so obviously get it obviously yeah and they were nominated for uh an nclr bravo award another daytime emmy award 1996 and Television Critics Association Award, 1997, Daytime Emmy Award as well, and in 1998, a Alma Award, again, nominated. So the one they won was the 1996 Daytime Emmy Award Outstanding Performer, Lily Tomlin, which right. I, think they, I think they probably could have won, like, a couple of the other ones, but whatever. There uh, has been a couple adaptations, uh, video games or computer games, pardon me. So numerous computer games and video games associated with this series were released in 1994 to 2000. They were typically alchemations of the storylines from both the original book series and the television show. The games were all published by Microsoft Home, which is like, yeah, get it. A video game titled The Magic School Bus Oceans. Oh my God, this I was really excited to tell you about. <laughs> which is like, I, I have one of these somewhere at my parents' house. So anyways... A video game titled The Magic School Bus Oceans was released for Nintendo DS on October 25, what? 2011. What? 10 years after the that. release of the game. This is the only game to be released on a Nintendo platform. So I have an original Nintendo DS. Yas. In like pink. I have it. What? Mm. Oh my god. You need to play it and you need to let me know how it was. I gotta go get that thing and then yeah. Exactly. We're going to Craigslist it. pandemic. You have nothing else better to do. No, because if you Craigslist it, I'll buy it. Do you not understand the, like, pattern we create every time we do a podcast? I'm like, I should get that. Okay, I'll get this one then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, June 25th, 2020, there was talks about a film adaptation, and Elizabeth Banks was to play, play, play Miss Frizzle, but I don't know anything else about that. I don't know if it... I... I don't think I'd be too mad at, as long as they made it like didn't gem in the holograms it you know yeah yeah like as long as they did it like good justice and made the characters how they were in the cartoon and then I I would watch it I would I would watch an hour and a half movie on that yeah I'd be into it I think they could they could probably do a really good job with it if they wanted to so and I like oh, or they I like could all be like adults and they get pulled back together and good. then they have to like solve a crime or something by using the bus to shrink down and like do something or like I don't know I'd watch that you know what yeah I'd watch it when when I think about movies like this I'm like ah why am I not like good at acting or like in front of the 
just anything. Why can't I write a script? I just like, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's why I'm like a computer person. I'm like, oh, I'll need the special effects. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. I'm like not bitter at all. Okay. Not at all. (laughs) So like I talked earlier, so the Magic School Bus Rides Again 2017 reboot. Um, that was on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. I did not check, but um, I wrote here, adults hate it, mad millennials. <laughs> I'm like, get over it. Okay, so basically... Um, There's only a few things that I don't like. Yeah. About. There's only a few things in the new Magic School Bus that I didn't like. All in all, I think it was like pretty good, but I, there's just a few character issues I have. Okay, well... I'll say my thing and then you say your thing. Oh, I will add on. Don't worry. So I watched the trailer just because I was like more, I just wanted to play Zelda. So that's what I did. Uh, (laughs) I feel that. That's a fucking mood. I had to cook some food in Zelda. Okay. So I watched the trailer and then I immediately after watching the trailer knew exactly what the internet was going to be pissed about. Um, Miss Frizzle. Mm-hmm. It is Miss Frizzle. It's her. It's so what, what they did was it's her sister. So Miss Frizzle, um, Lee, she's in the show voiced by Lily Tomlin, but then she leaves to embark on independent research missions. So she mm-hmm. comes back sometimes. So what, what, the, what you get is you get, um, Fiona Frizzle, which is her okay. sister. So she's like her younger sister and she's taking over the class. And that's Kate McKinley. McKinnon. Uh, McKinnon, sorry. Kate, Kate McKinnon. McKinnon. And she is a dream. So She's from SNL. She's from Ghostbusters. She's fucking hilarious. When I she really does like Justin her. Bieber on SNL, it gets me every time. She's good shit, man. I like her a lot. She's great. So that, like, when I felt, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I mean, that's a win. But Five then, star like, casting. Truly. And then, like, the background info of, like, Miss Frizzle's just over there for a bit and then comes back and it's still Lily Tomlin. I'm like, eh, get over it, you guys. And then mm-hmm. the other the other thing that the internet was all pissed about is they're like, they replaced the hand-done animation as a, with a cheap slash, anim-, you know? And they're, like, bitching about that shit. Okay. Hold mm-hmm. on. Hold on, internet. As an animator myself, that f- more Flash-style animation that they're doing My Little Pony and everything is way... It's difficult still, so don't you dare call it cheap, but it is way easier than frame-by-frame animation. Holy shit. And also, like, that studio, I didn't look up which studio that makes it, but I know, like, a couple studios that handle those shows only work in that medium. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if that was was the contract and that's what was pitched, that's what you're going to get. And it's still a boatload of work. That didn't bother me at all. I was just like, I, you could tell I was, they struck a nerve with me. I was like, I'm coming for you. It lit a fire. Yeah. But basically what I gathered is it's just a bunch of really angry aging millennials because the magic school bus has been redone Mm -hmm. and these buttheads are not registering that this shit is still for kids. And if they want their OG magic school bus, it's on Netflix and you can watch it because I watched it yesterday. So Right. The demand for shows is also like a lot faster now because with like streaming, people expect more quicker. Like we want that instant gratification. So the fact that they could do this 
digitally pump out a lot of episodes is going to keep the masses, especially like parents with kids, it's going to keep them a lot happier that they can have more quicker. Well, yeah. And like, I didn't watch a full episode. I think you did. So you can come in on me, come in on after this, but I would imagine it's the same premise as prior where they're like going on fun trips and like, it's truly an educational show uh, packaged as something fun for children to enjoy. Uh, so it's like, like my friend, my friend has two little girls. So it's like, if I saw there's a new magic school bus, I'd be like, dope. I don't have to vet this. I know what this is. I'm going to put this on. Yeah. I didn't watch a full episode because uh, let's face it. I was smoking weed. So I didn't watch a full episode. Shout out to my mom. I'm sorry again. Um, but I, I just, it's not the animation that I'm used to so it was a hard for me to watch it but at the same time like I wasn't really interested I was I'm not 100% interested in the old episode the new episode sorry because I have all my old episodes if I want them I don't need yeah. to learn new stuff I'm an adult now I can yeah, figure well, it out without a cartoon you know we're still learning old stuff from new stuff from the old stuff yeah <laughs> like, you know yeah so anyways that was I was just like calm your tits like the shit there's worse things to be mad about. Oh, truly. Like jam. <laughs> yeah. Right. So <laughs> I'm just going to say like fucking Kyle with a C from Langley. That's mad. <sighs> C-I-L-E. Right. Just like fucking take a walk. Just do a lap, man. See, I had different issues with the new show. Okay, what were your, your, because I don't have... They're all cosmetic. These are the things that kind of irked me. So, so, like, number one, they changed Miss Frizzle's nose. Okay, well, I mean, it's a different animation style. Oh, you mean, like, the... Okay, got The you, shape got of her, like, they made her nose a she lot like smaller. A buff, right? She had, like, a big nose. Yeah, you're right. And it looked great on her, and they didn't need to change it. So that kind of bugged me. It's these small cosmetic changes just when I think about, like... If we think back to the 2000s, why I'm so like, quote unquote, triggered by low rise jeans is because I'd mm-hmm. see all these skinny people wearing them. And then I thought I was never skinny enough to wear these jeans. And thus I felt fat and it gave me a little bit of an issue. Whereas now as an adult, I don't fully understand what my body shape is. So like taking away Miss Frizzle's nose is just going to push that weird pillow face look again where like everybody should have these small little button noses because Miss Frizzle and her sister got new noses. Okay, fair, but... Weird problem I have with it. No, no, as as a... You know, we're being critical, so I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second Do based it. on the fact that I have no children, so I'm clearly the expert on this topic. Do you think kids, like look at that though because i well i did like when i see new miss frizzle like i literally was like why is her nose different yeah well no right now right now you do like i mean because like when i was little and i was like a little child i didn't and i look at like i'll just put like a what's her name fucking sleeping beauty aurora aurora is gorgeous but like i wasn't looking at her like I look like that. I was like, that's an adult lady and I'm a child. It's a oh, pretty, I was, it's I a look at them like, I looked at like, say Aurora as like, wow, she's beautiful. But yeah. that's because everything physically drawn about her was like, 
Barbie-esque, right? Which is also something that we looked at and we're like, oh, I don't look like that, but that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's what I should look like. Whereas when I look at Miss Frizzle, she was kind of like wacky and crazy and had a big nose and frizzy hair, right? Like frizzle, frizzy hair. And she kind of made it like a cool thing. Like that you could be like a weirdo. Yes, that's a really good point, actually. That's that's the only reason it bugs me because I'm like, well, now you're taking that big fucking beautiful snuffleupagus beautiful ass nose away from somebody who might have it and now they're not gonna look at their nose because it doesn't look like that so that was an issue i had are you ready for my don't worry i have another problematic issue (laughs) okay what i I will say i do agree because i don't think it's okay to replace i wish they just kept her on like conventionally unattractive for lack of better words like i wish they just kept her weird yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Cause like it does, you they replace they replaced realistic characters with like basically like cookie uh, cutter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. My second issue is also about appearance. <laughs> they lighten Keisha and Tim's skin colors quite a bit. You know what? You're right. I'm looking at it. Yeah, they they made them just lighter skinned and one thing i really liked about the magic school bus is like you know you looked at carlos and he he had a bit of skin coloration you look at tim you look at keisha you look at like wanda everybody had a different skin tone color like even ralphie was a different skin color than like arnold whereas now tim and keisha are just a lot lighter skinned and i found that a little bit annoying yeah i'm looking at a picture of the whole cast right now and you're right like yeah keisha and tim are quite 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 lightened and arnold is just like arnold's a ghost yeah (laughs) arnold is a ghost it's like they cranked the contrast up like myspace 2005 style where none of us had noses i've got that high i got so many of those pictures ah so good i was actually thinking about myspace today i was like the no one will ever understand like going through MySpace and, like, just, like, finding banger bands that no one had heard of, and they were just, like... They are like, ba- welcome to my top six, my dude, or whatever, yeah. top five. Welcome. There was a band called Jacuzzi on there, and they were just, like, slaying, and to this day, I mm-hmm. cannot find them. I can't find them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, all right. I, yeah, I agree. I, no, that's, that's, like, that, that kind of irks me much more than the noses. <laughs> this is what happens when I sit at home, mm-hmm. and I'm you know, enjoying my Ouija board time. And then I become enlightened and I notice the weird things. <laughs> like I went on a rant about Dexter like two days ago and Tara, we were playing Skipbo and she was just Ooh. staring at me like, calm the fuck down. And I was just ranting the whole episode about how pissed off I was about small things. Dude, I so. just, wait, like Dexter, like the HBO show? Yeah. I just started watching it. And as much as I really like it, I cannot cannot move past the blatant sexism and the fact that his sister keeps referring to sex workers as prostitutes oh it gets worse i just like i'm like what the fuck like it's gonna I, get it, so much worse hbo is like forward thinking not not in that time i didn't realize the huge jump we had done it was like what was that 2006 or some shit mm-hmm. fuck man fuck that i like i like it but i'm like Every time they say prostitutes, it's like I'm, I get a stab. I'm like, why are you doing yep. that? Can we just like dub it? Let's just right. Let's, let's just take every episode of Dexter and dub it and put it <laughs> on YouTube. 
and fix it. <laughs> we fixed it. Okay. Agree. So yeah, that's my background on um Oh, actually I had one more thing. I'm really quick thing. So like I was like I'm just you know, you want to see we're we're like yay, education, medic school bus whatever. I'm like, well, what's on the internet showing that this is shitty or something. So I like tried to find what people didn't like about the magic school bus. And I found like a bunch of fucking hilarious lore. <laughs> oh, I found so much weird lore and like yeah. fandom about the magic school bus. Like, like Miss Frizzle's a time Lord and she's got, she's actually Arnold's daughter and she's going and the back. bus is a TARDIS. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? I was like, calm down, but sick imagination. <laughs> oh, I know. Like you wrote this, but also what? But also yeah. thank you. Like so serious. I was like, yo, okay. All right, that's it. That was the last thing. Oh, I have one congratulations to the new Magic School Bus, too. Okay. So they sent Phoebe packing, which, like, sorry, Phoebe, go back to Canada. But they were like, oh, Phoebe went back to her old school, and they have a new student. I'm actually jealous that Phoebe has a, a dual citizenship, so she could be in America or Canada. She's, she's fine. She, so they replaced her with a character named Jody, and she is Indian. And I think oh, that she- is, like so fucking cool because that's like something the show was lacking and i appreciate that they added her yeah i love that that's super cool but uh, she's I will probably also... like just slightly tanned looking due to the filter this show has on but yeah, also was, five stars for I was gonna the addition say that. so i'm looking at a picture looking at a picture of jody and she's like the same color as keisha <laughs> excellent <laughs> I'm glad we could make Arnold whiter, but we couldn't give a vast array of skin tones to anybody else. <laughs> One step forward, two steps backward. But like, Magic School Bus, five out of five. Yeah. The original one, five out of five. The new one, I don't 100% know yet, but five out of five for the old ones. For the t- for the for the the era that fucking cartoon came out in, yeah, five out of five. Five out of five. Keisha has two Would moms. Would watch who knew? I know. I didn't. I, f- I, think I, I feel like I remember, but I forgot. It doesn't matter. I picked a case today, which involves a bus and how they're connected. Are you ready? <laughs> I mean, hey, always. I'm going to start with a di- disclaimer, though. No children were hurt well they were hurt but nobody was murdered nobody died okay like no children died so i just want to like just a warning for everybody because i know like you think school bus you think kids i'm not i would never cover that so i just want to like point that out i'm gonna come to you live from my closet now okay okay so I'm talking about the 1976 Couchilla kidnapping. Ooh, okay. I know, I'm throwing it back old school. I'm familiar. So I wasn't. So this is really exciting for me. I have, so, if this is the one I'm thinking of when you're done, I have like an excerpt to add to it because it's crazy. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes, you are. All right, go, go, go. So we're going to throw it back to July 15th, 1976 in Couchilla, California. So just so you have an idea where California, this place in California is on the map, it's a four and a half hour drive to Disneyland. Ooh, that works. Yeah. They also 
So I wanted to give a Vancouver comparison so people understood the difference of where we are versus like California, dude. So an average, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so in Couchilla, California, they get an average of 12 inches of precipitation per year. Mm-hmm. So like the height of a ruler. I'd like to just point out that Vancouver gets roughly 92.6 inches per year. Oh. So I'd like to point, that's just me pointing out weather difference, because I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, all, considering everyone thinks Canada's covered in snow most of the year. Well, precipitation counts as snow. On the floor. Pretty much. Same. same. No, you're, you're telling people lies. They're going to think we're in igloos. Well, maybe I am. There's okay, great pe- sound in here. There's people in Berlin that need to know. <laughs> There's people, my friends in America need to know. Guys, I'm not in an igloo. <laughs> I live in a house. Okay, so on 4 p.m., around 4 p.m. on July 15th, school bus driver Frank Edward, I'm going to call him Ed. His last name's Ray, so Frank Edward Ray. He was driving about 26 kids home from a dairy, Dairyland Elementary School class trip to the swimming pool, and all the kids were like around the ages 5 to 14. So on their way home from camp, they came to an area of the road where a van was blocking them, and three men with nylon stockings over their faces uh, came up to the bus with guns. They held Ed at gunpoint, and one of them drove the bus, and another one followed in a van. Oh my god. So, like, number one, you have to be some kind of sick fuck to fuck with kids. That's, like, a hard no. Senior citizens and kids and animals Animal. is, like, hard no. But, like, the, I just also, like, okay. And then when you turn, like, 18 to 59, life is just actual Hunger Games and, like, good luck to you. But then once you're, like, you're, you're a child or you're a senior, you're, like, untouchable. But, like, okay, yes, no, no, for sure. But... Could you imagine, I'm going to be humorous for a hot second, because obviously this isn't funny, but could you imagine kidnapping a bus full of children? No, because I don't even want to babysit my friend's kids for like two hours, let alone have 26 of them. This is what I mean. This is what I mean. And then, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and then could you imagine, okay, like I know this isn't how the story goes, but could you imagine like these kids coming home from the field trip and being like... Mom, I got kidnapped at gunpoint. They're like, sure you did, Timmy. Yeah, like, okay, Tim, you just had a long day at the swimming pool and you're acting like a darn fool. Calm down. Yeah. (laughs) So the bus and the hijacked bus and the following van, they drove to the Calchula River where they hid in the Berenda Slough. 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 So it's just like a little side area of the river. So they went there and they hid the bus. And then uh, Ed and all the kids were forced into a second van that had all the windows blacked out. And they had like created kind of like like a holding cell in the van almost. So yeah. they threw all the kids in the gun at gunpoint into the back of this van. Oh, those poor babies. And then they drove that van around for around 11 hours. They just drove it Where around. Go to the bathroom in the bus. Ew. I'm... So, well, I mean, they're held at gunpoint. I yeah. would go too. I would have peed myself. I probably would have peed myself. Mm-hmm. My, so they I drove would around. Probably be too scared to poop. My butt would be so tight. 
<laughs> oh, I'd be so clenched. Like, my teeth would all be broken. So they drove for 11 hours, and then they were taken to a quarry that's in Livermore, California. So Livermore is 105 miles north of Couchilla. So they drove around for, like, 11 hours. Like, 105 miles, that should take you, like, I guess an hour and a half. So, like, they basically just, like, tootled around in the van and then went to Livermore at some point. They, they were just confusing them. Yeah, they were just driving around. Hmm. I mean, that's so, smart. Right? I mean, they're already in a blacked-out van. I feel like that's enough. <laughs> There's, um... Meanwhile, like, while this was all happening, the parents had all like come home and were like where are the kids like why aren't yeah. the kids home what's going on so they all started talking then they called the police and realized something had happened so they all the parents had gotten together and were trying to like retrace the bus route and then around sunset that night the bus was found hidden by the river but obviously the kids and ed were missing yeah ed's the bus so, driver ed is the bus driver he gets a first name just because he is the adult and there's a lot of kids' names. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so early on July 19th, the van came to a stop. So this is almost 12 hours later at this point. And the door started being opened. And they would reach in with at gunpoint and grab one kid and take them out and then shut the door. And they kept doing this. They were, like, picking off kids and pulling them out. That's fucking awful. So... The kids were all forced to go, and I was reading some statements from the survivors, and there's a boy named Michael Marshall, and he was 14 at the time, and he said he was left, he was one of the last two kids left in the in the van, and he had one little girl named Monica with him who was five, and he she was holding on to him, and he couldn't bear the idea of letting her go first so he had to like pull her off of him and leave her in the van while he went what a little hero it's the most traumatizing thing i feel like you could do at 14 that's the most he became a an adult person in that moment this boy literally did so the kids and ed they all realized they when they were being pulled out one by one, they were being forced down a ladder into a truck that had been buried under rocks and only had a few openings at the top left. Did these men so, not have jobs? How did they have time to do all this shit? Oh, you wait. <laughs> so they were all forced to climb one like one by one. And so when they all got down there, they realized like, okay, at least we're all together. Mm-hmm. So inside the truck, the kidnappers had put food, water, and, like, some dirty mattresses. But no toiletries. They had made, basically, like, cut holes in wood so they could just, like, go in, like, a flat wooden, like, like an old-school, like, outhouse. Like, just a piece of wood with a hole in it. That's that They had stink. two of them. That would stink. So one of the survivors, her name's Jennifer Brown. She was nine at the time said when she went down into that bus and saw that hole, she thought that she was being sent to hell. Because that's how terrifying it was. So once all the kids, so the the 26 kids and Ed were down in the bus, in the truck, sorry, uh, the kidnappers pulled up the ladder and then they sealed off the manhole that was on the opening. And they, the kids inside could hear, like, sounds of things being thrown on top. And that's when they realized that they were being buried alive. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Nope. So, no, thank you. So after being in what they call the hole 
for 12 hours, uh, the kidnappers had set up like an air filtration system. Like they had set up some fans to keep air going into there. Uh, but after about 12 hours, the f- fans stopped working mm-hmm. and the sides of the truck they were in started like caving <gasps> in and crumbling and crushing a bit. No. I know this is like being buried alive, I'd say is like up there on my fears. And there's a CSA episode where they one of the guys gets like buried in a glass box and like they have to try and track him. And it's one of the most like stressful episodes of CSI I'd ever seen. So I can't imagine what it would be like to be a kid in a bus with other people and have this happening. There's an episode. Okay, have you seen The Sinner? No, I stopped watching that halfway through season one as per usual, like I do with most shows. So season two follows like the this dude um, and him and his friend have this game they play where they will bury each other in a in a box underground with like a PVC pipe. So they have air. And then like what they'll do is to get to the next level, they'll rip the tube away and see how fast they can get out. And like use their adrenaline as like it's like a, a high because they're not dying. And every when I was watching that, I was like, these motherfuckers need a fucking new hobby. Like I know this is fiction, but someone out there is probably doing it because someone thought about this. Oh, awful! If I want to be stressed out, I'll just look at my bank math. account. Thanks. I'll do <laughs> math. <laughs> right? I'll do new math. Thanks. Oh God. So at this point, after they had been driven around for the 11 hours, then been in this, like, hole for 12 hours, uh, the media had literally heard nothing. Like, there was no signs, there was no ransom, there was no nothing, like, just nothing. They just vanished, basically. Yeah. So when they realized they were in there, a few of the kids were like, you know, if we're going to die, we're going to die trying. Mm -hmm. So Ed and Mike... They took a bunch of the mattresses and stacked them on top of each other underneath the manhole. And then they'd stand there and like push up on the manhole to see if they could move anything. Mm -hmm. But they were really struggling because the kidnappers had put like a bunch of car and truck batteries on top and a shit ton of dirt. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like one grown man and a bunch of smaller children pushing up. Right. Yeah. So after a while, they were pushing and they were pushing and they were pushing and then finally something gave way. So Michael was able to squeeze out through the tiny hole and get up a bit into this box that was kind of above there. And he just dug and dug and dug and dug and kept digging until he finally saw sunlight and fresh air came through. Good job, buddy. So another survivor named Larry Park, he said that they could see the dust in the air and it looked like shooting stars, and that's how they were. They knew they were going to be free. Oh my god! Because like this little beam of light came in, and they could just see the dust in the air. So is that like a? Is that suggesting like they were completely in pure blackness the whole time? No, well, they're underground, so there's no light. No, no, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I get, yeah, yeah. And then like the light came through, mm-hmm. and the dust like sparkled, Aww. and that's how they knew they were safe. So then on July 16th at 8 p.m., Ed, Mike, and the 25 other kids were off. They made it out of the hole. Mm -hmm. And they were seen, like, walking on the quarry where the workers were like, uh, hi. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what can we do for you? And Ed was like, uh, we're from Chilla. We don't know where we are. 
<laughs> so the cops were called. Probably. Like, a good can call. you imagine like crawling out of a hole, or like, can you imagine being at work and you turn around and there's just like a man and twenty six dirty little kids, and they're all covered in dirt and like terrified looking, and they're like, "Hi, we're lost," and you're like, "Did you like what?" You're like, "This is." clearly not a girl guides or scouts troop these no. kids are dirty and terrified <laughs> right so the police arrived and they took all the evidence they took pictures of all the kids they photographed everything uh like on them and then i unironically uh thanks to the trauma that you know happened to people in the 70s they loaded the kids on a bus and then drove them back to Couchilla. Sure. Like, I get it. It's the biggest form of transit, but also, like, they were just snatched off a bus, my guys. Well, and they should all probably be in an, an ambulance. They were, well, it's the easiest way to get them all there. They can't call, like, 20, 27 ambulance, ambuli. I was gonna say, it's like, ambuli? It's the 70s. They just wanted to give them a juice box and... Right? Oh, so it, they literally walk it did. Walk it they off. gave them juice box because <laughs> at the police station. <laughs> Uh, and then the parents were all called. So the police and investigators went and searched the quarry and they looked at the hole and they were like, well, whoever came in here didn't like break in. They had, they used a key. (laughs) So enter one piece of shit, Frederick, Freddie Newhall Woods. And he's the 24 year old piece of shit son of the owner of the quarry the fuck he's just like a spoiled little rich boy that was just upset about something he is a hundred percent a spoiled little rich boy so freddie is the son of two prominent and wealthy families in the area and my notes literally said i.e a brat so he like freddie you know was a little rich kid he got away with everything he did all this shit and so they had looked on the security tapes at the quarry and seen a video of somebody aka freddy and two friends who had been caught digging this giant hole months before the incident oh my god ironically also prior to this situation freddy and these exact two friends named james and richard schoenfield schoenfeld were charged with grand theft auto because they had gone for some joy rides in some cars but because they're spoiled rich and white uh, they only got away with a fine and probation for the situation. That's disgusting. So they came and they searched. Or, you know, they they inquired about searching the Woods' residence. And the dad was like, yeah, go for it. Like, have at her. Have a search. So in it, they literally found a document labeled, labeled plan. Oh. And it contained the who, what, when, where, why, and how of this whole fucking situation. Cool. What great. They also found a copy of the ransom note, which was never delivered. They never got a chance to even send it off. So, so when you're thinking like ransom note, like they didn't even fucking did do a forget? ransom. So they tried to place the ransom, but by the time they had like hidden the kids and called, everybody was freaking out. So the fucking hotlines were jammed with people calling and trying to like offer sightings and help. So they never actually placed a ransom. And instead they like they fell asleep and were like, oh, we'll do this like Saturday. And then by Saturday it was so fucking busy that they couldn't get through. I have no words. 
Like, thank you for being so stupid, but you're so fucking stupid. You almost killed it. How many children were on that bus? Right? Yeah. Yo. You forgot to place your ransom? My dude, like, it's one thing for me to forget to add an extra garlic dip to my pizza order, but it's another thing for you to forget that you're trying to steal people for money. I feel like, and I'm sorry for saying this, but I feel like this motherfucker is this kind of person that probably started off with, like, oh, I have a guinea pig, and he just, like, forgot to feed it, and it died. Oh, 100%. Which breaks my heart. But... Oh, he's so shitty. Yeah, because it's, like, helpless and a... whatever. So yeah. they obviously were like, yeah, it's these dumb fucks. So they went after them. I'm paraphrasing everything. I love it. I love so, it. Keep going. So Richard turned okay. himself in. But his brother James and then Fred decided, like, oh, fuck, no, you're not going to catch us. And they tried to run away, which they were apprehended by the fucking RCMP in Vancouver. (laughs) Do not come to Canada. The RCMP will come for you. Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Whoa, they got hips for days and hats for weeks. We're not advocating for them. We're just being being loud and saying, right now. don't try and sneak into canada yeah stop it except for that one time where those people came in and snuck out a bunch of maple syrup that was funny that was funny you can that's fine yeah that so really happened they <laughs> will cover that in our maple syrup episode so they you know they were on the run they got caught they came back this court case went on and on and then on february 17th 1978 they were they pled guilty to 27 counts of kidnapping for ransom and robbery and they were sentenced to life with no parole Hmm. good that's what you get for kitty snatching but hold up flip it and reverse it and bring this down a notch so the trial got resentenced and then they were all sentenced to life with the possibility of parole. And then they could start the parole hearings after six years in prison. So in 2012, Richard was actually paroled. And mm. then in 2015, his brother James was paroled. But our friend Fred has not been paroled. And the next time he's going to be eligible is 2024 because he was shot down in 2019. Oh, shit. They don't want him out. They He's doing some shady shit in prison, I read about. But then I was like, I actually don't care about you. So I stopped looking it up. But I know he's doing some like shady shit in there, too, which is also another reason why they don't want to give him parole. Of and course he's currently he he's currently incarcerated in California Men's Colony Prison. Hmm. In case anyone wants to write him letters. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Sadly, in 2020, 2020, 2020, no, 2012, uh, Ed Ray passed away on May 17th, but his birthday is February 26th. So now every, every February 26th in Couchilla, they celebrate a uh, Ed Ray Day. Aw, cute. I hope he had a bus shape. So, nope, never mind. <laughs> i know where you were going and i think that would be really adorable um so there is a two-hour movie that was made about this case for tv movie called they've taken our children the couchilla kidnapping and that came out in 1993 and then 48 hours actually did an episode uh on this case in october of 2019 
Oh, I want to watch that now. Right? Me too. So to also bring this down a notch, a lot of the survivors from the bus suffered a lot of trauma. A lot of them turned to like alcohol or drugs or got involved in like bad cases. A lot of them said that they couldn't actually sleep without like nightlights. The sounds of like cars backfiring or in closed spaces has really set them off. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know this happened in the 70s. So obviously like mental health wasn't what it yeah. was. And I feel like that is such a shame because I bet they could have a lot of them did like live fulfilling lives, but I feel like they could have had an easier time if they had had help. Yeah, I was definitely going to say that. It just, um, it, uh, our ability to heal and like cope was really taken, it, it was really taken for granted back then. And it still is today, but obviously it's getting better. It just shows mm -hmm. you really how new of a species we are. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fucking babies. Like, I think I've said this before. Like, we're mean to each other when we don't look alike. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked. <laughs> and you took a whole bunch of kids and locked them in a death bunker underground. Like, let them talk to somebody. It seems right? super fucking reasonable. Yeah, so part of the reason when they went to trial was they were like, oh, the kids got hurt. But because none of the kids were like physically hurt other than like bruises, they were like, no, you didn't. You didn't hurt the kids. You just kidnapped them. But you I was like, that's because all the hurt is in their heads. Yeah, you just emotionally scarred a whole classroom of children. Well, no, more, multiple classrooms of children. Mm -hmm. Like you just you just single handedly fucked up a couple generations right there. Mm hmm so i wanted to just say like if you feel like you're suffering or have any sort of like ill feelings or sad feelings or any sort of feelings like especially this year or anytime but this year is like especially hard like it's totally chill to seek out help or message a friend and nobody should be ashamed of anything to do with their mental health yeah so i want to also... like just say it's cool to not feel good in your head it's not cool but it's like it's normal oh, <laughs> and there's a, there's an app for that there's an app for anything or you can message a friend or you can call your mom or like I hear so much shit about people's lives in my job and I'm totally down to hear it all if somebody needs like you have to pay to see me but I'll, I also don't have to give like one-sided opinions like a therapist I can tell you that somebody's being fucking stupid or I will give you my opinion if that's what you need <laughs> hairdressers and tattoo artists yo mm-hmm but that's my case on a bus kidnapping. Ta-da! Good job. Nobody died. So, do you do you want to hear my little my little tidbit? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Of course I do. So, I am stealing this one from my favorite murder. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright. We're copywriting it. Well, I think that I think they're fine. They're fine if I just like <laughs> paraphrase this. But someone e emailed them in a hometown. And oh uh, God. What, what was this? What was this town called again? Couchilla. Hello. Okay. So someone emailed them in a hometown. Uh, I can't remember how old they were. I think maybe our parents age or something, but they were saying that they had like these teachers that were like, basically, actually, this really ties into our topic today. <laughs> They're ba they, these two teachers were basically like super Miss Frizzle-esque if I had to you know make a connection this is i feel i feel like this is extreme but i'm gonna say that all right <laughs> and they were really really big fans of uh role-playing to educate their students oh my god 
Yeah. So they and the, so the the writer said that they had these portables in the back of the school, and the teachers wanted to teach them about the Couchilla bus kidnapping. No. <laughs> And like decked out the basically reenacted it in these portables, and the teachers pretended to be the um, hijackers. <laughs> Could you imagine that permission slip the kids gave their parents? I want your kids to come to an overnight interactive experience. I, it will I don't... feel like what it was like to live in 1976, and the parents were like, "Okay." <laughs> I don't even. I don't know if it was overnight. I don't remember how long it was. Honestly, it wasn't this so long ago, but it clearly resonated with me because I'm still like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm all for interactive teaching and LARPing and cosplaying and whatever you need to do. <laughs> I don't but know. But that's, that's a choice. I don't know what level of LARPing that was. Like, like, you couldn't have just made, like, a fake intestine slide and been like, ooh, you're in Ralphie, and, like, push him down it. You had to be like, do you want to know what it was like to be in a hijacking? Yeah, that's like LARPing level X. It's like the final evolution of LARPing, right before you actually become a hijacker. Yeah, basically. Anyways. What the fuck? So yeah, that that was what I, I was like. When you said that, I was like, ooh, I remember something that I got to tell her. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so um, I listened to too many podcasts. Thank you, MFM, for putting that in my brain. That will live in my brain for the rest of my life where important things should be, but that's there. No, that's the best kind of stuff. Eh. I like, yeah, anyways. Pretty good. Good job. Good job. Uh, I have a fun fact about school buses to like. So did you know that the color of a school bus is a specific yellow? It's its own yellow, and it's called National School Bus Glossy Yellow. It's not like sunshine. It's not egg yolk yellow. It's National School Bus Glossy Yellow, not matte. I feel like as a designer, I should know that. I also really like that that's the case. Next time I need a logo, I want it in National School Bus Glossy Yellow, please. (laughs) Uh, give me the hex code and or Pantone, CMYK code. I can do this. RGB, you know. Just, I got this. Yeah. Just use Adobe Cooler and just like scream. I'm going to use Microsoft Paint. Please don't come for me like that. Hey, dude, we all just start somewhere. I started there. I'm still there. I used to spend hours and hours and hours on Microsoft Paint with the eraser trying to... I fucking kid you not, hours trying to cut out horses so I could like use them on somewhere. Remember life before you had a stylus? <laughs> you actually had to just click your mouse and drag it. I would zoom right in and click the pixels. My God. Hours. We were so easily entertained back then. Um,. And we also were all like baby coders because we were all coding our MySpace pages. Bitch, I was coding my Neopet store. Girl. Don't even. Girl. I had to make my store look fabulous. I could show up all my paintbrushes I was never going to sell. Oh my God. I wish I could still log into my Neopets. Whatever. Okay. Well, we did it. We did it. Successful episode. Insert number here. We did it. Oh, I actually wanted to give a shout out because we received our first fan email. Oh, no. And it's from our BFF Brit. So shout out to Brit. Brit. And it says, y'all 
rule. I'm totally loving the pod. Keep up the great work. And I was like, you're my favorite. That's our first email in our inbox other than here's your Instagram code and welcome to the Google team. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Britt. Thanks, Britt. You're our number one fan. Thank you for cutting and dyeing my hair. <laughs> yeah, you've been around, eh? Jesus. I'm... Pick one and stick to it, woman. No, I I need all the attention from all the lady hairdressers. Okay. It's not wrong. So <laughs> I guess if you want to follow us on our Instagram at deepnerder, or if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to email us at deepnerder at gmail.com. Uh, especially if you want to shout out on podcast, because I'm doing that now, because we have fans. It. What? One. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. Okay. I no, I'm not. I'm not upset it's, about it. It's quality over quantity. Um, bless our very endearing, sweet, sweet friends. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on that note, we will remind you to take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. Oh man. I got you there. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> Again? Ugh, no way. With the frizz? No way. No way. But with us, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Bye. 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 Bye.